This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. On this Lord's Day before Thanksgiving, God is going to show His children we always have a reason to praise and thank our God. But the lesson will come from the true account of a man, and I'm going to mention this, we'll look at it in detail later, a man and his wife. Please don't ever read the book of Job and forget Mrs. Job. Everything that happened to Job hit her hard. And understanding that, and no one will understand it like you ladies, you moms and wives, but understanding that will even help you with your perspective as we get an opportunity to look at what she actually said to her husband in the midst of this storm and his response to her. But understanding that this came at a time when they lost everything in a series of catastrophic events. The book of Job relates the story, and I'll endeavor to present this in the narrative structure that the Holy Spirit gave it to us in His Word, especially here in chapters 1 and 2. So Job chapter 1, please turn there. The devastation that happens to Job comes in two main assaults, not just one, but two. And these things can happen to God's people who are walking with him. God's people who are experiencing great blessing from the Lord. So I've entitled the message today, Job's Calamity, The First Assault. By the way, when you begin to face trials, and one comes, and then on the heels of that another comes, our temptation is to run and hide because we, we fear there are going to be more salvos. But the reality is, God knows. And what he wants you to do is not run for cover, but run to him. And this morning we'll see that's exactly what Job does. So you're not going to hear an outline today, but let's look at this in the story form that the scripture gives it to us. Job 1 and verse 6. Now there was a day, and the way this is worded in our text, there was a day appointed when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now, who are these sons of God? Well, these are messengers that have to report into the Lord. They're angels. Some are faithful angels who are just checking in. They've been loyal to the Lord. They're coming to check in. And some of them are fallen angels. They still have to check in. They have to be reminded of who's in control because no matter what deviance they're involved in, they still know who is in control. And so, they come, and Satan. In the Hebrew here, there's a definite article. This is the Satan. 
That's what it says, the adversary. This is the text probably where in 1 Peter 5.8, Peter talks about uh, that adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. This is probably the text where, that Peter took that, that from. So, and Satan came also among or in the midst of them. So they're gathered before the throne. I don't know that Satan is there every day. I think he's there often. He is there at the appointed time that God says he has to be there. But we're also told that he likes to be there for this singular reason. Scripture reminds us he's before the throne accusing the brethren. So he likes to take whatever you and I are doing that we shouldn't be doing, and he likes to throw it in the face of our Savior. We'll say more about that later. So he's in the midst of them. The angels all know he's there. And in their presence, verse 7, the Lord says unto Satan, Whence comest thou? By the way, God never asks a question in the throne room where he is looking for information. He knows, and they all know. Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered, have you set your heart on my servant Job? Now, God knows the hearts of men and angels. So he knows this, and he asks about Job because he knows that's exactly where Satan's been and what he's been doing. And there is none like him in the earth, earth a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and eschews evil. Verse 9, then Satan answered the Lord. And by the way, he confirms what God already knew. Satan had been watching Job, just like, as we saw last week, Job's neighbors had been watching Job. They, they knew what kind of a man he was. So Satan says, Doth Job fear God for naught or for nothing? And Satan's reasoning goes on, verse 10. Hast thou not made a hedge about him? A hedge. Okay? That word is used three times in our Old Testament. It's also translated one of those other three times with the word fence. That's in the book of Amos. Have you not put a fence around him? You've hedged him into a fortified place where he's protected. Thus, we're told why Satan hadn't already attacked Job. Again, that encourages me. He's watching Job. He'd like to destroy Job. But he can't. Job's been hedged in. By the way, we serve the same great God. I heard a Christian comedian one time joking about the hedge. It's no laughing matter. I am so thankful God puts up his fences and he keeps the enemy out. So, hast thou not put a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? 
Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance, speaking there directly, that's a Hebrew word for cattle, uh, is increased in the land. Now comes the accusations and the challenge. Verse 11, But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. There's the accusation. What's interesting here is that he called into question Job's allegiance. Remember what we learned in the first six verses, uh, or first five verses about this godly man whose very name means that he returns favor to the Lord. He's a righteous man. Well, now Satan calls. There's not really anything that he can pick at in his life, but he calls the good into question, and he says that Job's allegiance is selfish and hypocritical. He's rotten to the core. I'm talking about Satan, not Job. But that's what, that's what he's saying about Job. He's, he's got an ulterior motive. We all do. Certainly we know that was true of Satan. Verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Literally, I'm placing it in your hand. God removes the fence, but he doesn't relinquish control. Don't miss that. God removes the fence, but he doesn't give up control. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand, so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So what's happening here? Well, God is going to use a secondary source, his greatest adversary, to accomplish his purposes. Here is something that you should note about this book. And I hope you're taking notes. Something important about the book of Job, here it is. Do you know that Satan is never really in control? He's never really in control. Don't think for a moment, wow. No, no. He's never really in control. What were God's purposes, though? Listen carefully. First, Job was given the opportunity to honor the Lord with his allegiance, even when he didn't know what was really happening. How many of the trials you face do you think you really understand what's happening? Let's be honest. You may think you know. You don't really know. But here's what we do know. You have an opportunity. And maybe the Lord is chasing. You have an opportunity to come back, restore your relationship with the Lord, and restore your loyalty. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. But secondly, if you're walking with God and you know there's nothing in your heart that condemns you, here is an opportunity as your loyalty is being tested to bring glory to God. Later, Job will say this, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That should be our attitude. But secondly, Job's allegiance would allow God to win before the host of heaven. 
Say, well, I'm really not as important as Job. I, wait a minute, wait a minute. There could be a contest where you're accused before the throne and God says, okay, you didn't learn from Job, let's try this again. And you have an opportunity, no matter what is happening in your life, to maintain your loyalty to God so that God gets the victory and the glory in front of the host of heaven. And by the way, they're still watching here. They know what's happening here. The ministering spirits as well as the demons. And God's victory would become eternal written record for the race of men to read. And here we are this morning looking back at this text. So Satan leaves heaven and we wonder, if you'd never read the book of Job, we wonder, what has he got planned? Well, the Lord reveals it. Now whatever we are about to witness will show Satan's true character. We really, we already know, I'm sorry, that he is the accuser. And he very well has the opportunity to accuse you and I before the Lord. Stop. He has that opportunity. Are you making it easy for him? What kind of things are you doing that you think nobody sees? He sees. The demons see. They report to him. What might you be doing in secret? What pet sin may you be harboring in your life where Satan can walk in front of the throne and actually speak truth about you? Don't give him that opportunity. He'll take it. Don't give him that opportunity. But then as we consider his true character, what he is able to say about us reveals our allegiance to the Lord. With the fence of divine protection removed, what does he want to do? What is he able to do? So if you think you can dabble and play his games and it's going to be okay, you're a fool. And I'm a fool if I think I can win that. I'll just manage that. You're not going to manage that. God's arch enemy? So look at verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. Probably another birthday party. Remember we saw that last week. Okay. Older brother now has a birthday. And what did Job always do in those days? When they're doing that, Job knew, and what, what did we find that he was doing? Sacrificing. Probably at this point, they're still there. He's probably just praying. But he's burdened, in him, and he's burdened for the cause of God. He was focused on the Lord. Maybe he was sacrificing. This makes the news that he is about to receive even more of a mystery and makes it harder. Verse 14. I'm going to read this nonstop and you put yourself in Job's shoes. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing, 
the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them, took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, somebody else enters the room. Another and said, the fire, literally in the Hebrew, a great fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep, the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now, as these servants come in, realize there's, they're probably distraught. Looking at their clothing, there may be blood spatter. Uh, there may be smoke, and, and, and this second guy, his clothing may be uh, fringed. What, what is this fire from heaven? Many Bible scholars believe that this was an intense lightning storm, and wherever these flocks were grazing, it ignited literally a fire on the ground that just started burning stuff up. But each time, Satan is able to manage it, so there's somebody who escapes to bring the news. And oh, by the way, you think you're going to play Satan's game and you're, you're going to win that? Uh-uh. Verse 17, While he was speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell, rushed upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, the slain, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And this guy is in full panic. Three bands is significant because what we find here is this was, this was a full ambush. We look one way and we go to run this way and there's another group coming and we go and, and there's another. This was a full ambush. The fact that this guy escaped, it was on purpose. So these reports, three reports, total economic devastation for Job. But he hasn't gotten the worst report yet. In fact, Spurgeon called it, here comes the greatest assault of all. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and daughters. And I think at that point, Job's heart just fell right out of him. Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the earth, or, or of the house. Once again, when you have something like that having probably this was a category something tornado. Out of nowhere. And it fell upon the young men, the walls of the house, and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now what do you do with that, that the fact that the sisters aren't mentioned here? Again, this is a servant who probably has the mindset what's most important in that house are the men. This is that Mideastern stuff, okay? So he mentions them, but the fact that he alone is saved means everybody died. Now, since God banished Satan to the earth and he became the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, man has had the opportunity to witness the precision force of his diabolical power to destroy good and build up evil. Note the coordination of this attack on Job. 
As one commentator said, in this case, fact is stronger than fiction. Have you ever heard the statement, you can't make this up? You can't make this up. His temptation, Satan's temptation in Eden. His power uh, through Pharaoh's magicians. Remember what he did there? His onslaught, temptation of our Savior. All illustrate he is a force that we cannot match. Yet some in the family of God foolishly leave the fold of God's protection and frolic on Satan's playground. And I've done this long enough to know as a pastor, some of you are doing that. You're good at hiding it. And you think you're helping people to think that you're something you're not. But the Lord who matters the most and the enemy that sees, he's not, he's not everywhere present. But he's got a lot of help. And he hates God's kids. And again, if that's what you're doing, you're a fool. Stop! If he is allowed to have his way, Job is exhibit A of what Satan wants to do with you. Stop! And by the way, if you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior, the Lord Jesus said this in the Gospels, you are of your father the devil. You're in his family, he's dead. You need to run to Christ. Let him make you, have you be born again into his family. Admit you're a sinner, receive Jesus Christ as Savior. You say, well, my life's okay. Uh, things are going well. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. He's able to do that. He's able to pamper your life until you go to eternal hell. And what have you, what have you gained? Job reveals Satan's true character and what he wants to do to you if God would allow him to do that. By the way, when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's also some interesting teaching there about church discipline. And in that text, here's what Paul says. If there is a Christian who is unrepentant after being graciously, lovingly confronted, if they won't repent, deliver them unto Satan with this sure result. Remember what the text says? The destruction of their flesh. God removes the hedge of protection. God allows the child of God to face the onslaught of Satan. And destruction is going to come, but the destruction is intended to drive them back to get right with God. Consistent with what we know about Satan's character. So Job helps us not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. And yet some believers allow him to sift us as wheat. I beg with you, brothers and sisters in Christ, don't do it. God means what he says and he says what he means. You say, well, 
I'll, I'll work around that. I don't think that's for today. Well, that's Old Testament. Whatever else nonsense you're going to throw up. No, no, no. Let God be true and you better listen. Let him have his way. He is your loving father. He knows the enemy. He sees everything he's up to. Let him have his way. Our time is up for today. Next week we'll come together and we'll, we'll be able to see that in spite of these things, we'll see the natural response of Job, but then we're going to be able to view how Job responded to the Lord and how you and I can respond to the Lord. And in fact, that did, that did sustain Job after assault number one. So I hope that uh, you'll be back so that we can, we can see this together. I wish we had time to finish it today. Father, thank you for the opportunity we've had to get a glimpse of your great protection, to be able to get a glimpse again of what our enemy is really about, your enemy. But he hates us because he hates you. And Lord, every one of us ought today to give thanks for your mercy and protection. We know that we don't deserve it. But this text reveals that if you withdrew your protection, we would really be in bad shape. We are hunted. We are targets here. We're in alien space. But thank you for your love. Thank you for the hedge, the fences, the walls you build around us. Thank you that your name is a strong tower and we can run in there and be protected. Thank you you've given us the shield of faith where we can quench the fiery darts that come at us from this diabolical, self-filled angel. Oh Lord, if there's anything we need to confess to you today, if there's anything we need to run back to you about and to make right, God, would you help us to do it? Lord, this puts sin in a perspective that we need to take a good hard look at. Lord, cleanse us. Help us. Help this church. Help us to be right with you. So, Lord, work in the hearts of believers here. And then if there's someone who has never received Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, help them to switch families today. God, would you help them to admit to you that they're a sinner and then claim your promise that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, if we believe on you, we'll be born again. We'll be birthed into the family of God. And you're such a wonderful father. So Lord, work, work in these final moments we have together, I pray in Jesus' name. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241.
We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.